Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And for the first time in like a year and a half, we are in person. I know. It's so exciting. It's very exciting. And we're in our new Podstream studio in Times Square. Yes. Overlooking Times Square. All the people in half masks. It's great. (laughs) So white people are crazy. (laughs) End of show. <laughs> it's been a theme throughout the show. And this week there was an extraordinarily insane scene that's been making mm. the rounds on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter. A 24, 25 year old woman, Abigail Elphick mm-hmm. in New Jersey. Yep. Had a very brief conversation. I don't want to call it an interaction. No, it was definitely not a, 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 a there was definitely not like a, a fight between them. What the, this, this grown black woman basically asked her, can you move back a little bit? And the white woman freaks out. Surely you've seen this video ends up laying on the floor, crying and screaming at the top of her lungs, stop recording me. You're threatening me. She's not threatening anyone. And there's so much to unpack here. The weaponization of white woman mm. tears, you know, the nature of filming to protect yourself. That's one of the first things that jumps out at me, that this black woman's immediate instinct, mm-hmm. I must record this because the white authorities will arrive and they will not believe me. And this is the world that we know we live in, that we have to protect ourselves with video. Otherwise, we are vulnerable. I mean, I think that the the truth, too, is that video doesn't actually protect us. Mm. It is something that is used and it goes viral and we are all outraged. But at the end of the day, we know that it doesn't protect us. Right. Rodney King's beatdown mm. by multiple police officers was one of the first video incidences of police brutality that we saw. It didn't stop them from letting those cops I go. Mean, it didn't stop the L.A. riots from happening. George Floyd is dead. He right. would not have justice if not for the video, but he's not with us. But he's not with us. And thank 
thankfully for the courage of a Darnella Frazier and the people that did take video, we know about it because had it been left to the police report and no video, right? George Floyd would have died of what? Natural causes on the way to the mart. This woman is crying and screaming on the floor. My 12-year-old said, she's giving me five-year-old vibes. I mean, it is, it was... The, the first thing that I wanted to do is that I wanted to laugh at it, right? But then so I just think about how dangerous white women's tears are. How, if you look at our history in this country, that lynchings began because of white women screaming foul, right? A black man, a black boy looked at me. They winked at me. They smiled at me. They assaulted me. And that has led to the deaths of so many people. It has led to homes and towns being burnt down. And so you look at this incident and we can't take it as an isolated incident. You have to look at it and unpack it and say, how, why, why, how do they know? How do these white women like Amy Cooper and this Abigail know to perform in such a way? Because it is a performance that they do. I mean, we started to talk about the TikTok trend that blew up a week, two, three weeks ago where white women were crying and the joke was to perform tears authentically Mm. and make you really feel like she's really upset and then on a dime after six or seven seconds, stop and smile and like, I got you. And I'm, I'm wondering, like, is it, innate i mean i guess the is, the question is is karening taught mm. or is it innate is it is it born and i feel like there is a sort of teaching of each other that like when you need power when you are vulnerable when mm-hmm. you feel attacked you can cry and that will bring the world to your side i think we we've been in all sorts of moments when we've seen i, I can think of like having serious discussions about racism, right? Mm-hmm. Like as, as a as a teenager in high school and a white girl gets upset because she feels like she's being called racist, even though we're not calling you racist, we're just talking about the nature of racism in America. And she starts crying and the whole room changes to make her feel better. Yes. Right? And to deal, to to crater around her feelings rather than to say, you're not the victim here. But when they start crying, they become the victim and they know it. They know it. And white men protect them because of it. Right. Black like ev- I oh, please don't let me go there for that unpacking. That will be episode <laughs> another time. <laughs> but the reality is, is that you see these women and you look and I, I just the split screen in, the, in my mind of Amy Cooper and Abigail Elfnick. And these women getting on the phone and and yelling and screaming and saying, I'm being attacked. Right. If we had no video, if uh, if the woman whose name is Iojima 
If she did not take that video and all you heard was the audio, I'm being attacked. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sure sounds what would like the 911 respondent on the other side of that? If she was making that phone call, white, what would they what white, would they say? White woman in danger. Right. And the cops would come in blazing, blazing in that Victoria's Secret, blazing, throwing that woman up against the wall. You can just imagine it. You can see it happening because we've seen it happen over and over and over again. The way, Tori, that she lays her bag oh down oh so God. then she oh can <laughs> faint or, or pretend to faint and then says, you're attacking me. She is literally what looks at least five, six feet away from the woman right, that's right, filming her, right. but she's still being attacked. I, I didn't know if it was performance art. I didn't know what the fuck it was, but I was so disturbed What because in her mind, I think she really thinks that something was happening to her. Well, I think she realizes that being filmed in and of itself is dangerous for her, right? Because what we see mm. begins with the white woman trying to take the phone away mm -hmm. from her. I think in 2021, we understand when someone starts filming you, you are potentially in trouble, mm -hmm. right? Like this could go viral. This could be seen because she's saying, I'm worried about my job. I'm worried about my apartment. I could lose my life if this video gets around. But instead of stopping, stopping, <laughs> being mature, like straightening up and chilling out, she goes more and more and more into madness, more and more into white woman tears. And I mean, like, as you keep saying, the weaponization of mm. white woman tears is so prevalent. Mm. It's so dangerous. White women have quite often used their station, their demographic mm -hmm. to to make themselves seem like the damsels in distress and to lie about how in distress they are and thus get the world to come to their side. And it may be a dangerous, physically dangerous situation for the other person, or it may just be like, I have changed the situation. I have ended the moment where you are winning the argument or you are even part of the conversation to now the world is saying, oh, we have to pick you up because you are crying. I, I mean, do you know, I think I, I think they I think they show each other. I think they pull them teenagers. Aside I, I think in t I think it like it's like a recess lunchroom, like sleepover type thing where they show each other like like if you cry, like I, I don't think you. I mean, maybe a white woman can eat, can tweet and say this is told, but like you just show each other that when you cry, the world stops and to take care of you. You know what? It brings me back. It reminds me many years ago of a case that Oprah had on her show. Mm. And it's one of the many of a white boy, a white girl and a black boy that were dating and in high school. The white father is racist. The girl has sex with the boy and then lies and says she was raped. The boy is now thrown in jail for statutory rape because there's an age difference of one year mm -hmm. between the two of them mm -hmm. for 15 years. Mm -hmm. How many times do we hear that story over and over and over again? It's kind of like the way that you keep talking about police reports. We keep paying attention to white women's tears and saying, oh, my God, something tragic must have happened. Right. She's upset. She's upset. Something must have happened and some that man, that person must be responsible for it because look at their skin. 
right? And we never pause and say, why does society like circle around? Why do we circle the wagons around white women and elevate them to this place where they know that they have the power in the middle of anywhere, in the middle of a store to feign fainting, screaming that they are the victim. When that woman, the video starts with her charging, charging at the woman. I think I see two things that, that they understand that their weakness, their emotional crumbling will get the world to their side. And black women are taught that we must be strong, strong. Mm-hmm. that we must be stoic, mm-hmm. that that's sort of like I'm going to crumble in tears in a moment. It's like that's not what black women does. That's not what big mama does. That's not what the women in our community do. Mm-mm. So we don't think to start crying as a way of getting out like a get out of jail free card. And the white women, I don't want to say all of them, but many of them do understand if in danger, if I feel threatened, I'll play the tears card. But you don't even have to be in danger and you don't have to be threatened. And I just want to say something about black women's tears, because you see, the thing that society sees is that when black women are crying, when we see black women on television in tears, it's because someone has murdered their child, their husband, their sister, right? When you see black women crying, it is the pain of generations and trauma of generations, right? White women cry because what? I, I am threatened. I am hurt. I am upset. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now, wherever you get your podcasts.
This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming, and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting, and they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. And, you know, a lot of black women will respond with anger. And I don't want to say they're being angry black women, but they understand that this is a feeling that manifests power, that manifests how I feel. I am being wronged. I am upset. And I will go up to a range of anger rather than crumbling to a range of crying. Because crying says, somebody come help me. Someone save me. Right. Somebody save me. I'm a damsel in distress. Where the black woman is going to say, I am going to solve this situation, right? Because we know that nobody coming to save us. So anger is about manifesting strength, right? And rage to become, right, even stronger than you are in a normal Mm -hmm. situation. Um, I just want to note that this white woman who clearly made a massive stink and scene in the store, was not arrested. Security did not come and say, what are you doing? You need to chill out. You need to be quiet. You or you need, need to, to get the fuck out of the store. How about to, that? I, 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 We've seen people, black people, thrown out of stores for making far less of a fuss. You cannot lay on the ground and scream and cry and it's not like some the manager, the security, where there was are you? No, I, I just, I, I don't understand. And I have gone into a number of Victoria's Secrets and see these random security guards that are standing at the front that are, I don't know what they're securing, right? I have no idea, maybe lunch, but you see them standing there. So you know they exist, right? right? And I'm looking and I'm, I'm seeing the salesperson behind the counter. She didn't even utter a, ma'am, can you stop making a scene? Can you get, are you paying for something? Because if not, then you're not a customer and you need, you, need to keep, to you need to get it moving, right? No one came in also and asked the black woman, are you okay? Right. Are you all right? Is this woman bothering you? Well, also when she goes to protest by taking her video to TikTok, where she had two accounts, her accounts were banned. I And this I don't understand. So she's speaking back by telling the world, look what happened to me. Mm-hmm. And this video has been incredibly popular on TikTok, on Instagram, but the original person who shared it is banned. Was banned. Not just took the videos down, but her account is banned. You cannot speak on TikTok anymore because of the... 
I, I don't understand their logic. I don't understand their logic. I don't understand their rules. And I honestly believe that these social media platforms, they're arbitrary, right? They're arbitrary. They don't want the attention. They don't like the person that has the account. But they're comfortable with other people showing and sharing the video, mm-hmm. just not the original. So when she tried to protest, she was literally silenced. silenced. When have we seen this before? We see it all. We see it all the time. Mm. Every time that a black woman is standing in their power, right? Because she had the, she has the power to be able to film an attack that is happening on her, to use it as evidence later. If this woman wanted to go run to the nearest feel, police officer, but I feel like she wasn't standing in. I mean, she was trying to stand in truth. Yes. So let me get receipts for this. Yes. But she's like. You know, there's this whole theory of philosophy talking about like, you know, the the phone takes us out of the the moment, right? Mm -hmm. So we're recording moments rather than living in them. True. And instead of being in the moment saying, I'm going to engage you, I'm going to leave, I'm going to get my, she was there to get a free panty. I'm going to get my (laughs) thing and get out of here. Instead of that, I have to be on my phone recording this moment so that a future person will see that I was right. So I have to make sure that I have receipts for all of this. And like, yeah, great that you and like Christian Cooper and other people were able to record the moment and save themselves. But instead of living, we are collecting receipts to make sure that we will be okay when somebody else comes up and says, basically, let me see your free papers. Let me make sure that you don't belong in jail right now. Like, oh, I have... My free papers right here on my phone. Okay, you're, but I have to prove it and that you wouldn't be believed and you know you wouldn't be believed. And I'm living in this moment with this woman attacking me, knowing I won't be believed. So I need to be acquiring receipts. And that's sad. That's sad, but it's the truth yeah. because we know what would happen. That woman decided to walk out of the store and she called the police. We know exactly what they would say. That one could, the black woman could have ended up in handcuffs. Right. And then if you ask the people, go back into the store and ask the people, what did you see? Well, the people there were at least five, six people that were on that video. No one intervened. No one did anything. It's kind of bizarre. The store seems to just continue on like nobody's staring and watching. And I was like, was there audio? (laughs) Like, were we the only ones getting the audio? I just am so confused. And then Victoria's Secret released their statement. Mm. And they released their statement on Twitter. And I just like, I got to tell you, I don't know who is doing people's PR. I, I think that the statement in, in and of itself, I said it on Twitter, was weak as fuck. Like it was ridiculous because what they referred to it, Torrey, was as an altercation between no. our customers. No. They, they start off with talking about their commitment to creating a safe and welcoming environment. Okay. Well, they failed because mm-hmm. ne'er a salesperson or the manager or the security guard that is on staff intervened whatsoever. Yeah. So I don't know who they were creating Here's a safe environment manager. for. Then they said that this was unsettling and that we've initiated a full investigation. Well, just rewind the tape. But then... You know, they go on and they say that we're dedicated to continuing this critical conversation and demonstrating our commitment to diversity, equity and inclusion. So here's my thing. How does this show your commitment to diversity, equity and inclusion? I I see nothing in the statement or in this moment that addresses a diversity, inclusion or any of that. 
It was not an altercation. And these sorts of words, this sort of framing is super important. You begin by saying it's a fight. It's not a fight. No. You are attacking me. That doesn't mean that we are fighting. Right. But this is the same way in which we were referring to the Tulsa massacre as the Tulsa riots. Right. right? Right. It's not a riot when black people were caught off guard and burned alive in their own fucking homes. Right. That's not a riot would indicate that there are two sides in combat. Right. Right. An altercation. in. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Indicates that there are two, two sides, sides right. that are in combat. Right. This is a person that was assaulting or attempting to assault verbally or otherwise another person. I mean, once again, we see white women manifesting their perceived weakness to take as much power as they can get mm. in a moment mm. and get everyone to come rally to their side and believe whatever they say. After once I start crying, then everything that I say is truthful and you have to believe me and you have to act on that. I feel threatened and I'm crying. And, you know, it's I've seen it happen more than once in my life. Like in real life? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Like people crying and thus you black person are in threatened for your life because she's crying and thus everyone will believe what she's saying. Mm-mm-mm. The thing that I am most concerned about that has come out of this heinous video, because I, I don't think that it's funny. I think that it's heinous and yeah. disgusting um, is the white people on social media coming to the defense of this Abigail Elfnick um, saying that she has was clearly having an emotional and mental breakdown, that clearly this was a mental health issue. This is a mental health issue. And how dare us, right, black people on social media make such a big deal out of this. So from Dylan Roof to Abigail, Mm. White Mm. people have no accountability for their racism, for their hatred, for their behavior, because it's going to be couched as some type of mental illness. So we don't 
address anything. We continue to make these things isolated incidents that have things to do with these people's mental state and not the mental state of an entire community of people. Mm. Mm. I just I don't I don't understand it. And I think that it is a continued to be a cop out. People have real mental health issues. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And I said, if we want to talk about racism as a mental health crisis, right, that affects people of color, right, who are on the receiving end. But you're not going to get on Twitter and tell because this is what I was told in my comments when I tweeted about it. How dare I? I said, I, oh, I think that you might have gone oh, into the wrong Twitter thread. <laughs> I think you might. I think you might have missed something here. You know, I, I appreciate and I enjoy the general looking down on and laughing at Karens that we do as a society that we do on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and whatever. And, you know, as soon as we slap the name Karen on somebody, we've sort of like put them in a box and we're looking down on you and we're. But there is a cuteness to calling someone a Karen. And mm. a Karen is an evil term, but it's also kind of, you know, like like we also did like Barbecue Becky. That's mm. kind of nice, mm-hmm. right? Like, And some of the other ones were kind of like rhymey in the same way, right? And like, it's too, these people, this is fairly evil weaponization of racism, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. for people who want to argue like, White supremacy is dead. Here is white supremacy in action, mm-hmm. right? Like, our, she's not a white supremacist. She's not wearing a Klan hood, but she pulled out her race card and mm-hmm. threw it on the floor and was like, I am white. I demand service, yep. right? Where is the police? Where are the managers? Where is the security? Everybody do my beckon, uh, beckoning because I am white and I demand it now. Um, I demand you protect me now. And that is extraordinarily dangerous for the bodies of black people. And Karen, I get it. And I laugh with the community at these women. But there could be something stronger that we use to define these situations that doesn't allow them some bit of feminine cute. Because there is a little bit of feminine of cuteness and, within it. But I often think that Black people largely, I mean, a lot of our culture, comedy, music comes out of, right, like pain. I think that we have the we have the brilliant ability to turn what we see as blatant racist fuckery right into something that we can laugh at. Because honestly, if we are not laughing at this shit in some form or way, then like, are we leaving our houses because we're not safe in there either? Like, are we going to go out in the street? Because this shit is real. Like, this is real on an everyday basis. So, yeah, obviously we need to but, have like serious, saw, serious you, names. But if you saw a Klansman marching down the street, would you be like, oh, there's a Billy. There's a Ken. You'd be like, no, you are an evil Klansman. Yes. And you deserve whatever comes your way. And these sort of Karens are using white supremacy and white privilege to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see us like, like our tone condemns them, but like the name Karen has definitely become bastardized yeah. right? and used in all sorts of situations. And it's just, it's not, it's not strong enough. It's not evil enough. It's not condemning enough 
for the evil these people i mean like a lot of people white people struggle to see racism at all right because mm-hmm. they don't see systems they don't understand well it's not that more black people are committing crime it's that more police are in black communities mm-hmm. making more arrests they could make plenty of arrests in white communities but they are stationed right they don't see um what were we talking about on twitter this morning how black homes are valued a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars less because they are owned by black people. Mm-hmm. And when white people pretend to own their homes, they are assessed at a much higher value. Mm-hmm. Right? All these sorts of racism that are very active in hiring, in promotions, in criminal justice, in education. Uh, and, and these things are like hard to see for a lot of white people. This is a very easy to see active thing that these people are doing. And I don't know, maybe Abby was nice to please a black person. Please don't give her person. a nickname. Please, please. Well, that's the name no. she goes by. Her name, by. I don't, I don't Abigail. care what she goes by. I, I don't give a fuck I, I, what she goes by. Maybe she has a black friend. I don't know. Who? Well, I don't know. But like in this moment, she was just as racist as anybody else. And the only difference between her and what happened to Emmett Till is that the police didn't come fast enough. Right. You and know that, what? And that the sister mm-hmm. Ijema had a camera to get receipts. Right. But like she could have ended up like Sandra Bland just as easily as Emmett Till got killed. Right. Nothing has mm. changed to that level. And I want us to be I, I feel like we are angry, but like the just the Karen name is getting played out and it's too nice for these women I mean, who are committing evil acts. I agree. And also, it what what is coming up for me too, we talk about on this show and in this conversation, the weaponization of whiteness and white women's tears, right? And I just it just clicked for me that you would have to understand and know history in order to even make that statement. Sure. Right? That the whole the whole bullshit conversation that we're seeing right now about critical race theory and denying it and all of these things. This is exactly what they don't want you to know, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. then you can take everything as an isolated incident mm-hmm. as opposed to a pattern. Mm-hmm. And so we, when we say the weaponization, then you would have to understand the history behind all of this and the part and place that white women have played from being in the house with master, right? To mm-hmm. being in the Victoria's Secret in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Like you would have to, you would have to take that walk. Right. And th- this is the walk that conservatives and radical right wing. Rep- they don't want you to take that walk. Right. Because the white woman is supposed to be virtuous. Right. She's supposed to be sweet. Mm. Right. She's supposed to be nice. But she can be just as evil and duplicitous and yeah. racist as anyone else. It's not just men who were slave. owners. No. It's not just men who were lynchers and segregationists. The white women were right there with them doing it, too. And we see here white women launching evil racist attacks from a position of I'm the weak one. But you are not. But you are not. And, you know, and again, what is she? You said 24, 25 years old. And we want to keep having the same narrative about racism is going to die out. She wasn't a 60 something year old white woman. She pulled out her 20 something years old and said, I want service now. I pulled out my race card. Everybody come help me. I mean, like, I I am curious. Where do they learn it from? Like, I know they 
see each other. Mm, mm, mm. But it, it like, is there an incident that happens in their lives? Is there some moment that happens that tells them like, when you cry, the world stops. You learn by watching and doing right. I, you know, it's passed down, right? Like this type, this type of action and behavior, this shit must be hereditary. It, I think that it must be passed down. I, you know, I'm thinking too. Even is is this actually a Karen? Because there's another video going around of more definitional Karen, a white woman who decides some black boy has stolen something from a store, follows him in the store, oh. follows him into mm-hmm. the parking lot. Right now, this is. She is pointing a finger, calling the police, like, you know, bringing attention to him. He's stolen nothing, but she's decided he has. And now his life is in danger because anytime the police are involved, yep. black life is 50-50 if we're going to survive. Um, this this Virgi- Victoria's Secret chick, I mean, she's, yes, the weaponization of white woman tears, absolutely. But she's not. But she didn't call the cops. And is it is it the calling of the authorities that make you an actual I mean, Karen? I, I, I mean, I'm I, I mean, like she's evil. But I'm like, where? I mean, see, so this is where I get into like the word Karen is just it's getting too broad. What would you call them? She's just I mean, she's an evil racist. I mean, like why? Yeah. You know, she she's she's using white supremacy for her benefit. I'm sorry I don't have like a pithy nickname for it, but we've seen this behavior throughout history. Um, you know, I mean, like this is what this is very similar to what Amy Cooper did mm-hmm. right in Central Park. And I mean, I guess I mean, like, I mean, it, it all I mean, like Karen now just means like anything a white woman does that seems racist and evil and using her supposed weakness to create strength mm-hmm. for herself, mm-hmm. um, you know, calling the manager, calling the police on people—it's just I'm, you know, I just find I, I, I find I them the exhausting. I'm, it, it, of course, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Of course it's exhausting, and it can happen to any of us at any time. At any time. And I think that that's the thing because she keeps saying, right? The sister keeps saying, "I can't believe this is happening like, to me." Yeah. Because you're just like, you know, you watch the video and now you're filming the video. Right. right? And it's the same way that we're like every single time an unarmed black person is killed. We're just like, shit, like, is my number next? <laughs> like if I like literally like am I am, it's it, it just everything seems like it's just coming a little too close. I mean, you know, parents would be like, you know, my kid pulled a temper tantrum in the store. I can't believe this is happening to me. <laughs> Like, I, we talked about this before we got in the store. We are not going to act a fool in the store. And she's acting like, like I said, like a five-year-old, like crying and screaming, laying on the, the sc- ground. The screaming for me, it was the screaming. It was like the guttural they screaming. Stop recording me. We need to follow up and figure out if Abigail still has a job or if she was employed in the first place. Because I genuinely, I want to be that person that calls up her job and says she should be fired or actually says whatever organization place that you're working at, if you support racism, then clearly, you know, she is still employed. She shouldn't have a job. And if she was, if she's in school, if she's a student, like I I just, I want, I want things to happen to these people. She wants to be a school teacher to teach children. This 
is the I person. I feel like you wait to tell me these things when the when the microphone is on because this you want to see me go into rage. Who will be telling the next generation how to be? 82% of school teachers are white women. 82%. This is why I believe in the black homeschooling fucking movement. Yeah. Because I do not. I don't have kids, but I don't want these people, these women, teaching my kids. Mm. Absolutely not. Mm. A school teacher? Yeah, I guess, you know, Texas is hiring. Georgia. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And we'll be back next week in our brand new sparkling clean studio. And I'm Karen com- Free Studio. I'm coming with security. 